Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. And welcome to Star Wars Action News, end of your show. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And joining us, we have a whole crew of people. We have Barrent. Hey, everybody. It's Barrent, Master Collect Them All from the Forums, your Swan Holocron Enhancer. Glad to be here on the uh, year-end wrap-up show. Jerry. Hey, guys. Jerry here. I uh, do all the Vintage Viewpoint segments on Star Wars Action News, so hopefully you recognize me from that. But you may also hear me on Republic Forces Radio Network and occasionally on Marvelicious Toys. Jay. Hey, everybody. I'm Slazus Jay on the forums. I do uh, photo editing for Star Wars Action News. And last but not least, Steve the Ginger Prince. Greetings, all. This is Steve, Star Wars Action News UK reporter. This year in review show is also known as the one time per year we actually get to talk to Steve. And it's also the one day of the year Steve doesn't get to sleep. That's right. Past midnight already. So we are looking back at 2011 and all of the collecting that has gone on. Kind of an off year for Star Wars overall. It's one of the few years that doesn't appear to be associated with any anniversaries, first of all. Yeah, Arnie, I gotta admit, I'm a little nervous about this year-end wrap-up. I'm, I don't feel like I've studied enough. You too? I'm having the same anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if he asked me about this? Because I don't remember. So let's start with Hasbro collecting. That seems to be the primary focus of most of us here. This year we've had Saga Legends, Vintage, and Clone Wars coming out of Hasbro. What are your guys' general impressions of this year in collecting? I think it's ticked along quite steadily. I've not touched the Clone Wars, I've not touched the Saga Legends, uh, but the vintage collection for me has, has been stunning. Um, so yeah, for me, it's been ticking along quite steadily. You know, this is a year that my collecting has certainly dialed back because the only thing I've been touching this year is the vintage packaging, the vintage line. And I think as we most mostly know, and we'll probably talk throughout this portion of the review, that the distribution and how many figures were out and which ones could you find and which ones did you have a prayer of getting and how many times you had to go to a store to find something, it was a little discouraging. I, I really just took it easy and, and kind of sat in the shadows. And if I ran across a figure that I happened to, to want while I was at stores doing something else, fine, I'd pick it up. But I, it just eased off a little bit for me this year. You know, when we did our year in review last year, the vintage line was really hitting hard. We got in the first few waves, and we were all so excited. But one of the things we said, because I went back and listened to that show, was how easy it was to forget that we had that long summer where Hasbro didn't release any new figures. We just had the Toys R Us exclusive wave. And it seems to me that this year has followed that pattern, though, hasn't it? Doesn't it seem like we went a really long time five or six months in the middle where people just would call in week after week and just say, we can't find any toys. And the only way you could find them was if you're like me and the Brian's toys, one of every figure club for me, I would definitely say figures have ticked along, but it seems like wave one and wave two clogged the pegs. Wave three showed up for a second. and was gone. And then nothing for months and months, at least stateside. You know, I, primarily stuck to the Clone Wars line this year. I did not really uh, dabble in the Saga Legends because a lot of them were kind of repacks from uh, before. So I, I stayed with the Clone Wars line. And, you know, they had that issue in the vintage. You know, I, I like collecting troopers. You know, I'm a armor guy. And they had that issue with the vintage collection where all the trooper 
helmets were turning green, you know, and that seemed to be what was clogging up the shelves in my area was all those green trooper helmets, which was not nice to my collecting. So I dialed down in my collecting similar to you, Jerry, but not because of choice was because of quality out there for me and my preference. So I, I just want to see, you know, did you guys notice that in your area as well about the, you know, the, uh, the quality of, of the, of the figures were just not up to par as they once were. I, I think the quality of the vintage has been first class. I, th- I think you're right to say that the uh, Saga Legends quality has been poor, um, but the vintage collection for me it, it are some of the best figures that have ever been made. He's not wrong in saying about the yellowing of helmets. I know I've seen that in the figures I've gotten, and if you look on the pegs, they did do some revisions that improved this, but there's a long time there where on the pegs you'd see troopers and their heads would be yellowing really rapidly. I think the articulation is great. I think the paint apps are mostly great. Sometimes you do have to wait for a revision for the paint apps to be first notch. Love the soft goods on the vintage collection. But yeah, there was that trooper helmet yellowing that was going on for quite a while. Hey guys, remind me something. What was the first wave unique to 2011? Was it wave three? The Return of the Jedi wave with Gamorrean Guard and Admiral Akbar? For me, it was, Jerry. That was definitely the first wave I picked up this year. What a great wave that was. Still, my favorite wave of the entire vintage collection is Wave 3, and I'm seeing Gamorreans back on pegs right now and picking a couple up. I mean, I think that wave was just top-notch. Things since then, we've gotten some good figures in the other waves, but... Man, nothing tops three for me in my mind. And I realize that's strange, but we got so many retools, repacks, not a whole lot of new out there that was kind of a little bit frustrating at times. Yeah, I'm with you. I I thought wave three was one of the the better waves this year. And back to kind of the distribution thing, I mean, I actually saw and and bought, I bought at least three Gamorrean guards because I actually wanted to use that Gamorrean guard in kind of my, my Jabba diorama versus the the Gamorreans that they released in 97, 98, which I think was actually the last Gamorrean. Actually, I take that back. That same Gamorrean had, had a repaint for the 2004 OTC line, but that was certainly the new sculpt we've gotten of a Gamorrean, obviously, in a long time. And I had one Walmart visit where I saw like a dozen of them. I was like, oh, okay, these things are starting to hit. But I know people to this day who still have never seen a Gamorrean. And heck, the Walmart over by where Dan works has still got those 19 Admiral Akbars that are hit the shelf. Now, I don't know if any of the newer Revenge of the Jedi ones have joined them, but it's just really weird because also some people have told me that, wow, that's amazing that your Walmart has 19 of them because I've yet to see the figure. They're, they've probably seen it by now, but it's so spotty the way that's been hitting. Well, I don't like to brag, guys, but I had a pretty good year collecting. I live in like what I like to call a, a collecting oasis. I don't have many scalpers or collectors in my area. So I'm all caught up with Clone Wars except for the Armored Savage Wave, and I've gotten nine Revenge of the Jedi cards so far. So I'm, I'm finding stuff in my area. Where is this land that we call perfect? Oh, I don't tell. <laughs> I mean, honestly, without Brian's Toys, one of our figure club, we would have been screwed this year. Seriously. I mean, we Just, always yeah. look on the pegs, and I really see so little. But until the holidays, finally, post-Thanksgiving, really. Well, I work pretty close to a Walmart within about a mile, and I would go every day at lunch and look for figures. Nothing. The stock never changed. I just want to come back to how good I think the vintage collection is. I mean, we talked about the soft goods there. I think that Gamorrean Guard has got the best soft goods I've ever seen on a Star Wars action figure. But it's not just the soft goods. I think the accessories in some of the vintage collection figures have been first class. I mean, the the Zam Wassell figure that was there came absolutely chock full of accessories, guns, binoculars, masks, face coverings. Um, the, the Ponda Baba is another example of a great figure with a, a bloody arm, a normal arm, flippers, hands. I really do think that we've got value for money, even though I'm paying 9 or £10 a figure. I feel I'm getting value for money with the, the vintage collection. I don't know that I'd be paying £10 a figure. That's close to $20 a figure US. I got to say, that would be 
past my jump off point. But for the $10 a figure I pay, I do think that we're getting a lot. The one that really sticks out to me is that R2-D2 that just came with every accessory known to man. The fact that they could jam all that into R2 was just impressive. And yeah, the Gamorrean, you know, a lot of the figures we get seem to be Jedi. and We get maybe a hilt and then a hilt and a saber, plus the soft goods and the articulation. But yeah, the ones you mentioned and that R2 always come to mind as just astounding how many accessories they have. So much to lose. $20 a figure? We could almost buy our own ship for that. <laughs> but I, I would have to say, though, that the, the vintage, the one that I almost got into was the Wave 4 of the Vintage Collection because every figure in that wave, whether it be Mace, whether it be Obi-Wan, whether it be Jango Fett, they all had some sort of soft goods that was included with the figure. And I, I say Wave 4 in the Vintage Collection was, was an outstanding wave. Is one of my favorites. Now, see, I'm an OT collector only, so I completely ignored that wave. But I picked up the Zam Wessel and the Django Fett for Dan because he's all about the bounty hunters. And, again, I saw those figures probably a good three or four months before Dan ever ran into them. And we shopped the same stores, I mean, for the most part. He's kind of on east side town. I'm west, north side. But, you know, I and Dan joked on this show before, um, you know, when, when we've hosted in the past that, that I, I was the only reason he was getting new figures this year. And it was almost true. <laughs> The one thing that I really liked about the Vintage line this year is the fact that we started seeing new figures, but they were, let's say they were just new photos and new concepts for some of the old characters. So we got, for example, what I'm talking about, I'm not really describing this very well, but let me just give you some examples. For instance, you mentioned the R2-D2. Obviously, we had R2-D2 figures from the Vintage Wave, you know, the Vintage Years with Kenner, but this year, you know, we've got that. Uh, unique picture of R2 with the carrying the, the, the bar uh, accessories. You know, that's a picture that we never saw. Luke and the Death Star escape. You know, that's a photo that we didn't have of Tatooine Luke from the, from the Kenner days. Ceremony Metal Han. You know, to me at first, I was like, oh, I'm not going to buy those because there wasn't an original Kenner version of that picture. But when I, when I saw them in stores, I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool they're doing this. And, and that really grabbed me how they started really expanding no pun intended, because they did that too, but really expanding the, the, the scope of what the vintage line could be. I agree completely. I've often thought, ever since Star Wars figures came back in 95, that nothing touches original vintage-style packaging. And the things they've done with it, the way they've made EU figures and prequel figures all fit on that and use new photographs for figures that we're getting new versions of, it's all working really well for me. I don't think there's a better example um, than the point Jerry's making uh, than Wedge Antilles on the single car. I mean, I had him from the Power of the Force cinema scene back, back in the day, uh, but it was incredibly chuffed to see him appear on the, the Vintage Collection single. Uh, and I got to say a big thank you to Phil Wannabe Trooper for hooking me up with that, because I've still not seen that sucker in the wild. Nor has most people. He will ship again. But yeah, Wedge. Let's talk about Wedge for a minute. <laughs> Or as I like to call, Wedgie. Wedgie. That was a collecting Wedgie to all of us, I think. How many people on the call ended up with a Wedge? I have one. I have one. I, too, have one. I have one. I have none. I never saw that figure hanging from the pegs. No one ever from the forums or anyone that I know personally who ever found it ever offered it to sell it to me. You know, that was kind of like the coveted vintage collection figure. It's once you found it. You held on to that thing, and I do not have one. I, I was not going to go to eBay and pay the outstanding prices that those people were asking for. You know, I'm kind of old school. I like to go do my galactic hunting, you know, on foot. You know, I try to stay away from on online retailers, so I do not have one. I did not find one in the wild. No one was willing to give theirs up that they found, so I'm wedgeless this year. Oh, Barrett, I, I didn't say I found it from the pegs. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie and I got them from Brian's Toys, and I and I know this because we got them within days of each other, and we luckily got them at the seventeen ninety nine nineteen ninety nine price point. So if it wasn't for finding it for that price, seventeen ninety nine, I felt like, hey, you know, it's eight ninety nine at shelf. To Steve's point, it is a must buy for them to take what I called last year the Sand Trooper, the figures that Kenner should have made, and in that class is the Rebel Trooper. From the Tanta V4 that we, we got this year. One of my favorite releases from this year. Heck, even Slave Leia. 
you know, that was a, 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 you know, a major character in a costume that she wore for a significant portion of the film. We never got that on the vintage card. So seeing those types of characters on a card is amazing. And Wedge is totally in that. If they made a, a Wurr and a Grand Moff Tarkin on, in this vintage line, I'd just be in heaven. And I was right there. I was not going to pay eBay prices. I had this lingering suspicion that they would reship Wedge later because Hasbro's really good and Daryl's always talking at the cons about how they try to get the figures back out that were hard to get. Wedge was a global headache. So I figured he'd ship again. I was not going to pay eBay prices, but when Brian's Toys had it for $20, I jumped immediately with no hesitation. My only gripe was that they'd only let me buy one because I would love to have one to open, but he will ship again. I will get myself an opener. Now, I also got mine from Brian's Toys, too. Just had a question for you guys. Which card back did you get? Did you get the the, the first one or the second card back? Oh, I don't even remember now myself. The, the, that variation on the card back to me is so subtle that it, it doesn't really jump out at me. I got the second one. I am not worried about hunting down that first one. Yeah, I got the second one, too. And when I saw that this was the second one, I just forget about the first one. If if I ever find it later on, maybe I'll pick it up. But, it, yeah, it was a global headache, as you said. I am not a variant card collector. I will get one mint on card, but I really don't care about they change a photo on the card. I note it as a trivia point, but, man, I just couldn't buy all of that <laughs> there's there's space issues i think you've just got to be grateful that you've got one of these wedges on the card stop it's that sort of uh rarity of figure that um chasing down variant is soon with me anyway it's a rich man's game well guys let me ask a question about the wedge i i just happened to jump on ebay here for a second because i was kind of curious what he was selling at because we have basically gotten the announcement that hey wedge is going to be back in 2012 he's shipping again don't worry and i still see some yahoos are paying $30 for this thing. And a small part of me feels like, wow, they're going to re-release it and all these people have been paying $30, $40. You know, shame on them, but man, I'd be really upset. It's like, why Why couldn't you guys just recognize this and had a, a, a decent distribution for what I, I think everyone, and Hasbro included, should have had to have known was going to be a pretty popular figure. He's, he's got the cult following within the EU realms. He's an OT, fairly significant background character let's say if that makes sense you know how, what do you guys what do you, how do you guys feel about them re-releasing it i mean a part of me was like hey i wouldn't say bad things about hasbro if they reissued him and put star wars on the card versus return of the jedi just just to kind of help with that a little bit what do, you, what do you guys think about that yeah i think they should change the card a little bit because you know it's kind of cool being one of the you know the first collectors to actually you know be able to find this uh as it was said earlier this year, it's, you know, it's collecting, it's not shopping. So I kind of like that, you know, I have, you know, this wedge, you know, this way and was one of the fortunate few. You know, and I'm, I'm coming in just the opposite. I'd like it just to stay on the Return of the Jedi card. So the people that, like myself, who never got a chance to see this on the pegs and who are old school and try to stay away from the online, they can get, I can get a card just like everybody else for Return of the Jedi. You know, and maybe change the colors, maybe, you know, include a different accessory or something like that in order to uh, differentiate between the original release and the second release. But, you know, I would love to have him on that Return of the Jedi card back. I disagree with both of you in that I think no changes should be made because making a change is like kind of giving a finger to all the collectors who didn't get one for Hasbro's distribution problems. You know, I don't think that there should be a reward system for non-exclusive figures. If it's an exclusive, and we'll talk about the Death Star a little later on, <laughs> but if it's a non-exclusive figure, what happened was Wedge wasn't ready for the first run of Wave 3. He was only in the revision of Wave 3, and that was when the distribution problems hit. I think that making any change, that makes it a different figure. And I think they knew there would be some demand. I think they didn't know that we wouldn't see figures for so long, Wedge included. I think it's cool that he's coming back out and he's the same way. Yeah, it is collecting instead of shopping, but by that exact same token, when it's a non-exclusive figure and there's distribution problems, I always think it's better to give a re-release to it. I think chase variants and things like that have their place, but not as a result of, oops, 
Oh, I wasn't necessarily advocating for it. I was just kind of throwing that out there as an example. I guess in theory, the there are the two variants with the back. So you could argue that, hey, people who have that first variant have something fairly special. I don't think it's going to have a very high demand because it's a back of the card variant and not the front of the card, kind of like what I was throwing out there as an option. But not here. Yeah, that's just kind of the – because, you know, the flip side of that are people who who figured that, hey, the distribution's bad, wave three, the revision cases aren't going out. Maybe they're going to just push on to four or five and just keep moving with it. This is going to be legitimately a freeze frame weak way type figure. I'm going to go pay $30, $40, and then I'd be pissed if Hasbro said, oh, hey, yep, we see what's going on. We'll just re-release it. It's like, really? I just paid all this money for it. There's a small part of me that's even thinking, wow, should I have even paid 18 for it? But, you know, bird in the hand, right? Exactly. Say, I, was, I was yeah. just about to say bird in the hand. <laughs> yeah, those were the words on the tip of my tongue. The other thing is, you know, I see this happening all the time with Wedge and with some other figures we talk about on Marvelicious Toys where people are paying higher prices for figures that we who go to the sites and go to the conventions and listen to the talks know are coming back out. You know, maybe some people don't know. Maybe some people are doing Christmas shopping and Wedge is a great gift under the tree for somebody who doesn't have one because you don't know if he's going to peg warm in the future and in which case, well, at least you still got him Christmas morning and had that moment of joy. And even if they are shipping him again, because of this demand, people could be snatching him up just in case. Now let's move on and talk a little bit about the Clone Wars line of figures. This one also had a little bit of a distribution problem. I had to do a store scramble because Hasbro didn't ship in quantities to fulfill orders and... Even Ryan's Toys wasn't able to get enough for the One of Every Figure Club, which hadn't happened before. So that was kind of a bit of a shock to me. But on the plus side, I love the figures we were getting in these waves. The Barazofi, the Riot Trooper, the Serapus. You know, Vintage has been consistent, but Clone Wars has knocked it out of the park this year, I think. I totally have to agree with you, Arnie. For some reason, in my area, there was maybe one or two figures that I knew some of the more aggressive collectors were getting. But basically, I was able to see almost every single Clone Wars wave that came out. And I was picking, you know, two and three at a time of Commander Wolf. And, you know, I never did see that Bear Sophie. But as far as the other one, like the Mandalorian Trooper was was a hard-to-find one. I had like six on my shelf. I grabbed all of them and uh, was able to help out other collectors. But the Clone Wars did knock it out of the park. I mean, just... The paint applications and the way that they're articulated and the super crazy guns that they came with and just how accurate they were to the cartoon. I was having a ball collecting the Clone Wars line. I was picking up figures that I normally would never even take a look at. Yeah, I don't collect this line, but I have always, since day one, admired how great of a job Hasbro has done with taking the the wide variety of characters in the in the show and bringing many of them to 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 the pegs we this line very well if it you know if it'd been any other cartoon or any other property or what have you the the odds of getting you know Anakin Skywalker in a in Obi-Wan and Ahsoka in just new costumes every other wave would be very high. I mean, you, this was Ben 10 or something. You'd have, you know, 20 Anakin Skywalkers and, you know, each in a different orange jumpsuit versus a blue jumpsuit, you know, sort of the early to mid nineties Kenner Batman phenomena or it's firefighting Batman that what the heck is that? That was never in the show, but this line's not doing that. You're, you're getting just enough Anakin, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka with battle packs just so that everyone has a fair shot to, to, to get it. Cause I'm sure there are some kids who are, are jumping on board with season four who heck maybe they're one or two years old back when the show started and they're not they weren't buying toys but they could still get the 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 base characters but wow for collectors and enthusiasts alike you, you got figures of almost everybody yeah jerry just to make a finer point on that what they would do was you would have a show like the boba fett arc and then a month later you'd have boba fett or you had the the rookies arc you know, and then you would have those action figures that would come out. And they did a really good job of having the action figures come being released, you know, right after the shows were released. And I think that helping the collectors and making them happy when it came to some of the other distribution problems we had. 
I mean, they made Cad Bane in a battle pack in that clone trooper disguise from that one episode where he escaped by donning a, a clone's armor. I mean, the fact they make something like that really, really impressed me. Oh, come on. That one's an obvious head swap. That's, <laughs> oh, well, that's hey, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not that it's difficult to do, but how cool. <laughs> it was in the show. I, I did really enjoy that they made it rather than me having to do my own little head swap. But still, it's like, okay, quick little kit bash to make something new in the battle packs. I do love the variety of troopers we're getting there. I still wonder what the future holds for this line, especially since they've already said there's not going to be that many figures next year in this line. And they're switching to add some realistically styled Clone Wars characters in the vintage line. It makes me wonder if they're thinking about phasing out this line just when the depth of characters has really started to be exciting. Well, the distribution of these figures in the UK has been has been good. Like you say, that there always seems to be an assortment of clones from the show um, on the pegs. The one figure that I've not seen is the Savager Press. I've not seen him in armor. I've not seen him shirtless. Is he appearing in the US? Has he been easy to find? I've seen a handful of the shirtless Savage presses, maybe three, but I've never seen the armored one. I got to the armored one late. I got all the other figures, but the armored one was gone. Multiple waves because I found multiple of the, the Chewbacca's and everything else, but the, the clone Savage was not there. Yeah, Ginger, I got one with your name on it. You know, as far as that armored Savage goes, you know, I had a couple incidents where i was asking for that and the actual managers of these stores were holding those back so i don't even know how many have made out into the peg actually made it onto the peg for me even to find in my area and that's increasingly becoming a problem in my area as well is that you know some of these figures aren't even making them out to the pegs you know they're just being held back in the stock room and so i never got a chance to see that armored savage it was funny. I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, no, no, no. Steve doesn't really want one. He's an in-movie-only collector. It's it's <laughs> funny, Jerry, but I have <laughs> I have dabbled. I am so impressed <gasps> with the Wars line that I, that I have, I would say, five or six figures from the Clone Wars line. I'm not an in-film collector any, anymore, I'm afraid. It, it's like it, I don't even know you. Yeah, the pull is too great. I, it's like I used to say I'm an opener, but no, I'm not. I've got sort of 20, 30 carded figures on my wall, so the lines are becoming blurred all the time. Dang, who are you and what'd you do with the Ginger Prince? Technically, Savage Press was in theaters. Oh, good call. That's a very good point, Arnie. In selection. In selection. I just think he's a standout character from the series. He, he's he's just striking. I mean, I, how many yellow figures have we have we got in the in film collection? I think he'd be a striking addition to me figure cabinets. And not not only that, he he's a standout character, but he actually is a character with a compelling background story you know he's he has a very good story arc and he is very striking to look at as well you know he's he's just with the horns and and the the face tattoos and everything like that and it did not hurt that katie lucas penned a very good story for him yeah not only is you know was his backstory really good but you know his potential future is i think it's going to be amazing so i mean i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with him then the third line of Star Wars figures that Hasbro's been putting out, I'm going to have to say, this is the first time in many years since, I think, 1995 that I stopped collecting a Hasbro three and three quarter inch line. And that was Saga Legends. I picked up the ones I wanted. I picked up the Space Trooper. But when it came down to it, I got in a I'm going to vote with my dollars kind of mindset. And I didn't want to pay for the repacks, especially when there's a repack Han here or a brand new vintage Han here. And I was wanting the vintage Han better. I mean, Brian's Toys, one of every figure club, doesn't include those. And I had been picking them up last year as they came out. This year, I decided I had enough. And I'm so glad that line is going away. Now I can go back and pick up the ones I missed. And I think that's fine, Arnie. That that line's not for us. That's that's not a collector line unless, like you said, you're doing some, you know, picking up of figures that you weren't able to find the first go round, like the Space Trooper. Uh, but I'm with you. The the whole planning of the line seemed kind of weird. I, I thought it was odd to have a Luke Skywalker in his X-wing, or perhaps a snowspeeder, but you know his pilot uniform on Saga Legends, while there was occasionally a vintage. 
version of him in that Dagobah landing, which, by the way, was another really cool vintage figure that depicted, you know, a photo, a version of Luke that we never saw in the Kenner vintage days. But, yeah, I mean, you'd see him side by side, and you're just like, really, guys? I mean, I know there's a, I know there's snow speeders floating around, and you want to make sure kids have the access to picking up the, the pilot for the vehicle, but it just seemed, seemed like a, a series of odd choices. Yeah, the only ones I bought this year were, you know, the Space Trooper and then openers for my son, you know, whatever ones he wanted to play with because they didn't want him opening vintage cards at Sacrilege, so. Well, you did need some UPCs here and there, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, Saga Legends UPCs work just as well. <laughs> no, you know, I don't want to spoil our looking forward discussion too much, but yeah, the fact that this line's going away, it's going to make it real easy for me to go back, pick up the card backs. The thing that kills me is, you know, every so often it would be slightly different, a slightly better paint app than the original, or slightly different paint app than the original, plus extra accessories and all that, and those battle cards, everything like that. It's There was enough there to keep me buying the line in previous years, but this year, the hobby's gotten expensive this year. It really did. Just the basic Hasbro collecting became quite pricey and especially when you start taking into account all the vehicles all the accessories all the exclusives i paid full price for captain lock and now he's down to what four dollars i'm sorry what's a captain lock kmart exclusive clone oh oh, okay (laughs) yeah that captain lock is still peg warming on on i mean they tried to put him on sale a while ago and uh there's still about three or four at my kmart but I did not touch any of the Saga Legends. I got that Space Trooper. Space Trooper would probably have been the only one that I would have gotten. But I was able to pick up two or three of him when he was the Toys R Us exclusive in that wave. So I just passed on him. And just it didn't seem like, you know, usually I do pick up a mace, you know, because I do like the African-American heroes. I like buying those for my son, you know, so he's able to play with the African-American heroes. And they're far and few in between. But I even passed on that mace. You know, it was just it was just not enough for me to uh, shell out my money, you know, for repacks. And, uh, you know, shame on me if you fool me once, but you weren't going to fool me twice. There's too much other good stuff out there to be spending money on Saga Legends if you're a, a, a collector of our collective stature, I think. Jerry's right, the line's just not for us. It's it's for the kids, it's for the uh, the people who just want to buy that one main movie character figure or, you know, main-ish movie character figure. They're not meant for us, guys. Now, there have been a lot of exclusives over the year. About one year ago, right now, we were all hunting for targets, right, for those three vintage three-packs in that giant, like, four-and-a-half-foot case that I still can't (laughs) find a box for. And Hasbro saw us hunting those so much, even though they did go on clearance, like, deep discount early January. But we bought them so much, Hasbro decided to give us six more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and what I thought was hilarious about that, and, and the one from last year I, I bought when I got discounted, and, and I've actually since parted with those figures because I, in retrospect, just didn't really know how they fit into my collection. But what I thought was really funny about the set they did this year, and this is a minor grape, not a big deal, but I love the fact how last year we got a Hoth Rebel Trooper, and then this year we got a Rebel Commander. I'm just like, I know they're different figures, I, I get that. But you're not really stretching with the theme here when if what you're playing with with these with these vintage multi packs. Well, Jerry, you're the vintage guy. Aren't they recreating the character sets that were done in the three packs back in the vintage days? Oh yes, absolutely. But they, I guess I have to even go back and see how many they actually did. But you know, they they made more than six. And Daryl Dupree said at San Diego Comic Con they want to give us all of the sets through Target. They want to keep these three packs coming three at a time till we have, I think he said, all 24, 25. Well, I'll have to do some research on that because, you know, I don't remember too much off the top of my head about these multi-packs because they did all sorts of different multi-packs over the years, you know, even as humdrum packaging that you got in the uh, just the mail-away boxes. But yikes, if they're going to do 24 over the course of the next couple years, let's say, yeah, that's that's a get-in-or-get-out type mentality. It's like how, how much you really – I'm kind of glad I got rid of the ones I got rid of because it's – I don't think I want to be on the hook for 24 sets. Yeah, I just got the long box one last year, and I haven't got it one since. I'll be honest. I keep buying them as soon as they come out. And they do peg warm. I think the first ones 
were the ones that sold really quickly. I shouldn't say they peg warm, but they aren't hard to find. They, I would have had multiple opportunities to get them versus having to buy them the moment that I saw them. But they do sell through. I There's still plenty of both of the last couple ways at my target, though. I think they'll be gone by the time the new year rolls around. I'm with you, Jerry, though. When I heard that they were thinking about doing all of them, it was like a muddled yay. Because these are repacks, and in some cases, repacks of figures that really need an upgrade. And they're just kind of thinking, hey, we already have this figure. Let's just put them out there. And <sighs> But are they riding the wave of nostalgia where the vintage look is hot the last two years, and this year included, and this is what... It's getting people back into collecting and back into buying figures. You're like, oh, man, I remember those when I was a kid. The thing is, for me, there is no nostalgia there because I'd never seen these as a kid. There was no Internet. I read about them in the 90s, and I went, oh, and I'd see some on eBay. I'd be like, okay, I didn't know about those. But for me, it's not hitting that nerve of I had those as a kid or I got those for Christmas as a kid. But you have to admit the vintage packaging is way cooler than anything they've done in a number of years. Having just, like, seen... The last 10 years of figures recently, the vintage packaging kicks butt. Yeah, I like the the packaging on these three packs. And like Arnie's saying, they're peg warmers. That's one of the things that throws me off of them is that they peg them because that, you know, that eye hole before the peg goes right through where it says Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back or whatever. So it's a big gaping hole on the card. I was lucky enough to get the second wave before they hit the pegs. Marjorie was there as they were opening the box. Wave three, though, yep, mine are punched. And, you know, it, it, I think kind of like Baron said, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. When the first ones came out, I'm like, oh, I have to get, like, two sets, one to keep in the box and the one to have the three packs. And then when the second set came out, I'm like, oh, okay, no long box, but I need them unpunched. And the third set came out, I'm like, I'll get them. I'll get them. <laughs> I don't care if they're punched. I'll just get them. It was a little bittersweet for me because I, I actually do remember these sets when I was a kid because um, there was a department store in Cincinnati called Chilitos that actually this is how they carried Star Wars toys were in the multi-packs like this. And they didn't have regular carded. So I, I do remember these. In fact, I think a handful of, of my vintage figures that I have even to this day came like this. But I will give them props. You know, like you said, Arnie, pointing out that they're recreating the sets. I will give them props for issuing a set called C- with C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca and calling it the Android set. I mean, that's awesome. Chewbacca the Android. So how'd you guys do this year with the exclusive vintage vehicles? As Marjorie was talking about with the vintage packaging, I think the place where the packaging really hits me, I think I'm starting because of the peg warmers. The novelty of vintage cards is wearing off for me. It really is like, I still love them best of all cards, but when they were doing the OTC collection back with the clamshell figures, it was such a thrill to see it in stores. And when Wave 1 came out, it was such a thrill to see it in stores. And it's kind of become commonplace again. But the vehicles, when they put out vehicles in the vintage packaging like they did with last year's AT-AT, and this year we got the Y-Wing and the B-Wing, vehicles I never owned as a kid, now getting them in the vintage packaging, and especially, oh, the Tauntaun, just so freaking cool. I love that packaging. There should be no other packaging ever. I saw the Tauntaun for the first time in the wild this morning and um, I'm afraid I drooled over it so much that the box is probably soggy for the person who's going to have to pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you were going to say you drooled on so much that the store owner made you buy it. Uh, No, I actually bought the Landspeeder. Well, I should say Suzanne bought the Landspeeder for me and has put it away for Christmas. Um, It was one or the other and it was a tough call to make, but I went for the Landspeeder. And God, those boxes are gorgeous. It was my vintage viewpoint that pushed you over the edge, wasn't it? Indeed. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that Landspeed, I own three Landspeeders now, okay? One for my son to play with and open, one for myself to play with and open, and one for me to keep, because I'm a mid-on-card guy. And those vintage packaging, I did not have, as a kid, all of the action figures, you know? I had some of the action figures, but mostly I had a lot of vehicles as a kid. You know, you could get away with having two or three different action figures and having a lot of vehicles and just switching the the action figures in each vehicle. So seeing that land speeder, I mean, my brother, you know, I have a twin brother and we could never have the same toy. So he would get the land speeder and I had the Tauntaun and that's how it would go. So 
I never got a chance to have that land speeder as a kid. So when I saw that vintage packaging, I picked up three immediately. And I have to say that vintage packaging is just the icing on the cake. I mean, I cannot resist. I cannot resist that vintage packaging. The silver border around on that black with the stars and everything. It's just they got me. You know, they got me. There's nothing I could do about it. I have to have them. But Barrett on the land speeder, man, that was an expensive trip, dude. It was. It was. But it was worth it. When they have those little nice, neat packaging, I couldn't pass it, man. I, I, would pay, I paid the money for it. Well, I have to kind of step out here and admit something. As sort of the, as the packaging guy, as the vintage guy, the only one of these things I own is the land speeder. I don't have the B-wing. I don't have the Y-wing. I didn't pick up the AT-AT last year. Not, well, at least not the vintage. I have the AT-AT, but I don't have the, the vintage. I don't have the vintage TIE fighter. I have the vintage snow speeder. And I'll tell you why. Partially because some of these things I have the original vintage packaging for, and I don't know feel the need to double up on. I'm thrilled that they're out there for other people to admire. I love seeing them on store shelves, but I'm actually kind of to the point where I don't know what to do with these things. They're big. I don't know how to store them. I certainly don't have a place in my collecting room to set them up. The land speeder was cool because I, I really wanted that new mold from the 2004 release. And I love the fact, and I said this in the Vintage Viewpoint on I love the fact that with any of these vintage packages, you can take the item out and, and, you know, enjoy the toy and then just close that box back up. And it's just as displayable whether there's a toy in it or not. So to me, the land speeder, and, and it's small enough that you can say, hey, here's an example of the vintage packaging and what they're doing with the vintage packaging. Isn't it cool? But it takes up very little real estate. The Tauntaun, though, wasn't an option for me given the price of it next to that other battle pack that, you know, Dan and I talked about the weekend it came out. You know, I kind of understand your point there, Jerry, because I'm in a similar thing. I'd almost like two of each of these vintage items because the packaging is so cool and to keep a mint and mint box. But truthfully, a modern vintage item, you know, that sounds so weird, modern vintage, but a <laughs> a quote unquote, a, a vintage titled item from the 21st century mint and mint box is never going to command the secondary market value or honestly be as cool as a true 70s, 80s vintage mint and mint box item. So I settle for being a vehicle opener, just being very gentle with my boxes when I open them. And, you know, what gets me for mint and mint box more than that is like the Hunt for Luke Skywalker Tauntaun pack. I think they do such a gorgeous job with some of those window boxes that the window boxed items are the ones I really hate opening even more than the vintage items. And yeah, it's just, what do you guys think about the whole two Tauntauns? Jerry, you decided to go with the Hunt for Luke Skywalker pack. I bought both, of course, but did you guys ever feel a tear between one Tauntaun or the other? Well, you're exactly right, Arnie. The, for me, it was a values thing, which is kind of odd. You, you'd think I would lean towards the vintage, but I, I kind of wanted that Rebel Trooper that came with that Tauntaun because I hadn't picked him up in some of his previous incarnations, if, I, if I'm remembering him as the right Rebel Trooper. So for me, that was kind of the, the thing that pushed me over. I, I can't remember if he – I think he had been in an ultimate battle pack with one of the um, – with like the turrets and he might have even been in one of those three packs. So for me, that was actually what pushed me over because it certainly wasn't the bright blue coated Han that came with the Tauntaun. I don't even know what I did with that figure. I actually took one of the previous Han Haas and put on the Tauntaun, but, but I really wanted that rebel trooper as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say who my secret Santa is because I don't want to give it away, but I got my Swan Sithmas gift exchange, a Tauntaun. And I went to Target, and there was the Vintage Tauntaun, and there was the Tauntaun Battle Pack, and I chose to give the Tauntaun Battle Pack because I felt there was so much more value there because I was then giving a Tauntaun with two figures instead of just a Tauntaun in a pretty box. Please be me. <laughs> no, for me, I was going to pass on the Search for Luke Skywalker Tauntaun and just go ahead and settle with Luke Skywalker's Tauntaun, but... You know, I had a little extra cash, you know, that time of the year. So I went ahead and picked him up. But I would have settled. If they would have just released one Tauntaun, you know, I would have preferred the vintage Tauntaun. Even though it wouldn't have came with a action figure. And if you remember, you know, the vintage Star Wars vehicles never came with an action figure as a kid. You know, it was one of the only, it was, never came with an action figure. You'd have to buy the vehicle, then you'd have to buy the action figure separately. So that part didn't bother me. 
And I do have to agree, it is a bigger, it is a much greater value to have two figures and a Tauntaun for the same exact price. But you are paying, I guess, for the vintage packaging. But I had a little extra money, so I did pick that up, and I only got one. But you're right, Jerry. That turquoise, seafoam, blue, Han coated figure, <laughs> I don't know who okay that color scheme for han but his jacket looks nothing like that in in the movie you know what it looks like it looks like a rejected comic pack figure yeah yeah i could see <laughs> it that. does i could see that yeah i could see that now we're talking about these exclusives let's talk about the big one and i mean that both in size and in the way it kind of upset certain people in the collecting community the san diego comic-con death star set Ah, you know, I don't know if I ever had a chance to share this story with anybody, and I'll give the abridged version of it, but I was on vacation when all that went down, and I got really upset at my uh, at the place we were staying at because of how crappy their Wi-Fi was because I had one of those in my cart. I had, and this is a different property, but I had the, the Starscream, Sky Striker, Cobra Commander in my cart. I had the Sentinel in my cart, and I had one other thing I can't remember, and the thing would never let me check out. And I, and part part of it was a little bit my focus. I couldn't remember my Hasbro Toy Shop password, which probably cost me a you know a, a click or two. But oh, that was so aggravating. I ended up getting the Sentinel, and that's fine. And, and I, in no way, shape, or form, will try to get that Revenge of the Jedi Death Star set again. But you know, I tried, didn't get it. Moving on. I've got to be entirely honest with you. I've fallen in love twice in my life. Once with my good lady wife Suzanne, and the other time was with this set. Um, and I'm, I'm so, so, so grateful to two people on this call currently uh, that I now own the set. I'm not storing it in the packaging. It is too big to display, but it, it's a th it was a thing of beauty in its totality. And I've now got the carded figures in clamshells hanging from my wall. And it is uh, the pride and joy of my collection. No, it was very difficult to get that Death Star. You know, and Arnie and Marjorie have said it over and over again on, you know, on the San Diego Comic-Con show about how difficult it was to get that because, you know, people were not following the rules. You know, they were walking out with crates and crates of that, of, of the Death Star. So I was just glad that I was able to help you out. I personally passed on that because the only exclusive figures were going to be the Mouse Droid and the Salacious Crumb that were not going to actually be on pegs in the coming months. And I believe that the Salacious Crumb and the Mouse Droid are repacks from previous releases. They are indeed. Yes. So I was going to actually take my chances on if I was to see like the Slave Leia out there or something like that to go ahead and pick those up individually carded. But it is massive. It was ma It was bigger than you could possibly believe when you, when you first get your hands on that thing. It is massive. And... Um, it looks good. It looks great. But I passed. I mean, I, I could not uh, see myself spending that much money on some figures that I would possibly be able to find on the pegs in the future. See, and to me, I saw the only value of this set as being the fact that I wouldn't have to hunt for the chase figures. Because God knows the Ultimate Galactic Hunt figures were nightmarish enough. And with distribution being what it's been, to try to get all of these revenge figures, I think that, honestly, the Death Star box looks ugly. I've said it on the show. I think it's overrated. I think it's octagonal. Or, or, or I don't know how to count that many angles on a polygon, but it's literally like an 8-bit graphic of a Death Star instead of a nice circle. And it's not good cardboard. No. That's the problem. I mean, it's thin. It's not nice, thick cardboard. So you carry it five feet and it's getting a beating. And it's 50% cardboard and 50% packing tape. I really don't like the Death Star. To me, it was a silver bullet for the carded figures. And then, yeah, you do get the two exclusive card figures. And the OCD in me would never allow me to not have those two because they're numbered. And I just figured it was a good way to get that. I did not anticipate the demand that it had. I really kind of thought this was a yawner set for most people. So many figures in there, none of which, if you're an opener, you need in the set. And so I just, I was shocked. But I will admit that I've kept mine in the box and everything just because now of its rarity. It seems like something that to take apart, I could probably sell it and then buy the figures loose 
cheaper, you know, and make money. So I'm just not going to dismantle it. I'm not going to sell it, but it's just one of those mental things I have to look at myself. Yeah. The only two figures that I was really wanting to get out of that were the two mini figs. So I was a little bummed out when I wasn't able to get the, uh, you know, the whole set because I didn't want to pay secondary market prices on those two figures, but it wasn't too bad. It, you know, I, I picked them up on eBay. I mean, a lot more than a normal figure, but it wasn't that bad. And I'm finding the revenge, you know, carded figures on pegs now. So I'm not that bummed out that I didn't get one anymore. You know, again, just out of curiosity, I jumped over to eBay while we were on this call. And, you know, those two mini figures represent about half of the of the value of it. I mean, I, I found a, a, just two or three bids, or weren't many, or auctions rather, two or three auctions for the Slacious Crumb and the Masteroid. And each of them were right around $50 a piece for those two. So, yeah, I guess that is theoretically the the biggest draw of that and you know why wouldn't it be because those are the only things that are like you said already truly exclusive to that but wow 50 bucks for those two little guys oh it's super cool that's the thing that really disappointed me the most was you know i would love to see a little line where they take little characters like this and you know the baby ewok for instance would be kind of cute like that even as a repack and i can't even think you know a dianoga or although that (laughs) the most recent version of that that's actually a, a fairly long lengthy big item but you know some of jabba's little critters i mean this would be such a neat little line to do somehow on the star wars ebay thing or or what have you yeah those two figures are actually going up in time because i was able to buy it now and it was forty dollars shipped when i got it but it was you know almost right after the con when i realized i wasn't going to get one and there were quite a few on there broken up really for as exclusive as that is i think that's a really decent price for those two minifigures. I don't know, though. The thing that bugs me is, again, as a bit of an OCD person, the fact that they made the cards smaller, it's I, it's kind of cute. You know, oh, look, they're small figures on small cards. On the other hand, how am I supposed to display that with the rest of them? <laughs> they got to make mini star cases for them. What about the non-exclusive vehicles? I have to admit that I had said many times on the show that Republic Attack Shuttle did not do it for me. It was the least exciting big vehicle Hasbro had ever done. I kept waiting for the price to go down. I predicted it would. I picked up one for $35 at Amazon and picked up my second for $22 shipped on Amazon. That is unbelievable that they're that, they're that cheap. Although I think uh, around Christmas time, what was it, three years ago when the uh, ATTE came out, my son and my nephew both have one because... I was able to find them. Uh, I think it, I think it was a, a mistake. Actually, Toys R Us had them for like twenty nine ninety nine by error. But at that price, pfft, why wouldn't you? So if you got this Republic Attack Shuttle, um, golly, for those prices, all power to you. But you know, compared to the AT-AT of last year and the Millennium Falcon from a couple years prior to that. This thing didn't even make my radar screen. I mean, for two reasons. It's not original trilogy. It's Clone Wars series. I think Jerry's hit the nail on the head there in that it's it's not OT. Uh, as a big vehicle, it's, it's not from the original trilogy, so it's not going to do anywhere near as well as the BMF and the, the ATAT. For me, I just saw it as a, a, you know, a, a young child's play toy rather than a, a collector's item. And I was going to say, you know, by all means, it should be a big seller. I mean, you have a huge vehicle with many play features on there. I believe like the the wings came down and the front uh, detached and you had like a type of an elevator and it's from the Clone Wars show that's actually currently on television. So by all means, it should be a real big seller. So I can see how when they came up and they were developing the idea for this for this vehicle that it got greenlit, you know, but you know, I have to share a story. I got mine just this last week for thirty four ninety nine, <laughs> and Arnie with the new with the Star Wars Action News new release newsletter. You know, he was always putting it out there that you know Amazon selling it for this and it's down to this and it's down to this. So when I got the hit on my email that it went down to thirty four ninety nine, I went ahead and printed that Amazon page out to show the price i went ahead and took it to my walmart because you know walmart's having that big thing we'll beat anybody's price so we'll price match guarantee and i went ahead and showed that to the manager and they actually price matched for the 34.99 amazon price and i got my republic attack shuttle at that price at, at walmart so they were good to their word but and then i find out the next day it went down to 22 dollars <laughs> so uh but it, <laughs> 
anything above $50, you know, even $40, I probably would not have gotten it. But at that price, I went ahead and picked one up for my son for Christmas, and we will have a good time with it. Well, first of all, you said they're good to their word. Well, their word specifically says we don't match internet prices. So they were better than their word, I suppose. They were better than their word. Yes, they were. And, you know, Jerry, you said that it's not original trilogy. I agree, but you mentioned the ATTE, which I was so excited for. I'd wanted an ATTE since Attack of the Clones. I bought the Lego one because it was the closest I could get. The only Lego that is more than seven pieces that I've built in the past decade was the ATTE. Love the ATTE. Bought two immediately. The Turbo Tank is the first time I decided to play a little bit of a long game, and it went down in price. Now, this goes down in price. The BMF didn't have the huge price drop pre-Christmas. The big AT-AT didn't have the huge price drop pre-Christmas. There were some sales here and there, but you look at the Trench Run. Now, the Trench Run's a little bit of an aberration because it's an exclusive item, and it's had a little bit of a price drop, but... It's almost like they don't need to drop the price for the original trilogy, but for the Clone Wars, as they get closer to Christmas, they're marking them down. I think that despite the fact that it is on TV, you got to look at these millennials. They're not just playing toys anymore. They're playing video games, all sorts of things. There's a reason play sets don't sell in this day and age, whereas they did when we were all kids. And it's because of a totally different style of play, a totally different type of life. And I think that if you're making these Clone Wars cartoon ships, you're not really hitting either market that you want to. I don't think the kids are down with the big vehicles and the parents would rather buy them a video game than a big toy because they're going to probably spend more hours playing a video game. And for the adult collectors, we look at it and we're all like, meh. Yeah, I know as a as a parent stand, you know, standpoint, I was going, you know, I was kind of swaying my son from it, which I know is, you know, it's Star Wars. I should be, in, you know, encouraging him, but you know, this is going to be his fifth humongous vehicle, and he's just running out of room in his room to put it. You know, I can't tell you how many times I, you know, walk into his room and I'm taking stuff to the foot and everything else. So I was kind of trying to sway him from this, but you know, for twenty two bucks, I had to get one for him. Hey guys, you know, one item that. I think I saw one time, and I kind of kicked myself for not getting it. How many of you guys noticed, saw, and or bought that Rebel Transport speeder that was exclusive to Toys R Us? Are we talking about the Rebel Ground Crew guy here? Yes, yes. We had it a we had it a few years ago as part of that Scramble and Yavin Battle Pack. It's been dialed down to just be the grounds crew whatever they're called, uh, trooper with the vehicle, but you don't get the other pilots, uh, uh, Dreas and uh, R5K6. Are you talking about the unappealing gray box? It's tan, <laughs> thank you, yes. The unappealing tan <laughs> box that uh, I could just as easily make it out of cardboard and put some wheels underneath there? No, I passed on that. That was that was the most boring vehicle to, to repackage and put it by itself. I mean, come on. Hey, did you pick that up, Jerry? Really? I didn't. I saw it one time, and I only I only kicked myself a little bit because I only saw it one time in its original trilogy. But, guys, just, just out of interest, just, this has nothing to do with 2011, but that battle, that Scramble on Yavin battle pack sells for crazy money on eBay. For a one that's unopened, I mean, it's an easy $70, $80 item. The little R5K6 droid alone, which isn't part of this 2011 pack, that thing alone sells for $30, $40. It just blows my mind what this thing sells for. And I think it's because of, you know, the loose collector and getting those figures. But uh, but at the same time, this little exclusive from this year, Rebel Transport Speeder, I dare say it might actually be the the truly the most rare exclusive that might have floated around this year because I think it's shipped with a Clone Wars-themed mini-rig, for lack of better words, and that thing's all over the pegs. I don't remember which one it is, but I know I see it all the time. I never saw this in Toys R Us, and I kept looking. I'm not finding any of the current Walmart-exclusive ones either. You know, these little mini-rigs, again, I kind of did a vote with my dollars thing. They're a little bit pricey for me for vehicles that I don't like. Oh, look, it's a really tiny Queen's Starship. Yay? And... (laughs) The ones I really kind of got excited about, like Boba Fett on the swoop, got canceled. But yeah, I definitely was looking for the current ones, the exclusive ones, because I kind of 
am in the mindset of, I think a lot of the non-exclusive ones, I'm going to find at TJ Maxx. We've seen that with a lot of them currently. You can go to TJ Maxx right now and see some of last year's. So I was like, you know, I'm going to just pick them up when they're on clearance, but I always want to get the exclusive ones now. Ironically, those are the ones I just cannot find. So I haven't gone to eBay yet for them kind of waiting, seeing what Wizard World will turn up or something like that, but never saw either of the Toys R Us exclusive ones, and now I cannot find those Walmart ones. You know, I don't know if you're giving enough credit to these mini rigs. I loved the mini rigs. I mean, they were at a price point that were a little bit more expensive than what they actually were displayed with, what they said they were going to be, because I think they said they were going to be around, what, $15, $16 when they were displayed at the cons, and they ended up being more $20-ish. But that Republic Scout speeder was off the hook. It's off the chain. I mean, it's it. You could put uh, you know a clone trooper on the back, and you have uh, a clone trooper you can have in the front. And it's got some really cool play features on there. That one was really really cool. Then what I kind of had a problem with was that every single character had to have a speeder. I mean, one of the great things about Return of the Jedi and the Scout Trooper was his speeder bike. You know, and then you had, you know, you had Leia released on their speeder bike a few years ago and stuff like that. So the speeder bike was really cool. But then you put every single character has to have a speeder bike. You have Jesse has to have a speeder bike. You have Obi-Wan has to have a speeder bike. Everybody has to have a speeder bike. And that kind of got a little, you know, drowned out for me. But, you know, that Republic Scout bomber mini rig that they had, that was a really cool vehicle. And that Republic Scout speeder was a really good vehicle. See, and those were a couple of the ones that I wanted. And I I like those a lot better than what we had been getting. I never was able to see that Y-Wing one. It just seems like the cool ones everybody thinks are cool. And I just got kind of phased out. I bought all of the first ones. And again, I saw them on clearance. I didn't need, see the need to try to buy in immediately on these. And they don't go for too much more than retail on eBay, especially after they've been out a little while. The exclusive ones do, but the regular ones don't. I figure I'll just kind of sit back and wait for the prices to kind of lull on those. They, I don't know. They just they don't excite me so much, I think, partially because they are Clone Wars and partially because they're not even screen accurate. They're really going back to that mini rig concept of let's just make a small vehicle that hits a price point. I'd much rather see them go back to the days of deluxe figs or two figure packs than we're going to give you a figure and tool up a tiny vehicle. The only reason I got some of these were actually for the figures because, you know, it was the only way to get a Boyle figure or it was the only way to get a Jesse figure. So the, sometimes the figures were a big seller for me. Um, you know, the Cassius figure was the only way you can get him in that, you know, the mini rig. So the the figures were a really big selling point for me on some of them. Yeah, I kind of took into account that as well is, you know, because I'm a clone guy. So Clone Trooper Jesse is a really cool looking clone with that, you know, Republic future Imperial signal that he has on his helmet. But I just could not bring myself to spend almost $20 for an action figure because basically that's what it came down for me. So I, you know, I could either try to get him on the forums, you know, loose somewhere and kind of put him into my troop building uh, display somewhere, or I could just go ahead and bite the bullet. And I just, I just decided I could not do that, you know, the way things were going this year. It just, it just, I just couldn't do it. I found the Rebel Ground Crew pack quite easily and uh, i picked it up mostly again for the figure it, it is a boring little vehicle uh, and and for me like jay the draw is for the figures not the vehicles i'm just gonna feel a little little burned later on when jesse comes on a single card or you know Boyle comes on a single single card or you know all that too i say they'll probably show up in battle packs and this is why i've stopped opening the vast majority of my clone wars carded figures is because so many of them come in the battle packs, and I buy them for the packaging and things, but then I am more of a battle pack opener and a mint-on-card collector, and I didn't feel like I needed to buy one mint-on-card and one in a battle pack. Now, maybe now that the Clone Wars is getting a little bit deeper with its characters, perhaps it's less likely I'm going to see Serapis in a battle pack someday, but I could see perhaps a Barazophie and a couple of those zombie Geonosians showing up in a battle pack and things like that. And so that's a good way for these mini rig figures to make their way back out. That's the thing is, as collectors, we always want it now and it's out in a mini rig and we want that figure. But Hasbro has shown me time and time again, 
All we have to do is be a little patient, and especially if you want it loose, give them time. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's three years, but you'll get that item loose again. Patience? We save patience for the trick, Arnie. We don't do patience on the Star Wars side. This is the man who's playing the long game was waiting two days. I, I knew you were going to bring that up. I Apparently, playing the long game is one of many things that I quite literally probably don't understand. <laughs> well, guys, thank you all for joining me for this look back at Hasbro. And we will all be back on the call next week as we look at high-end and miscellaneous collectibles of 2011. Thanks, Arnie. It's been fun. Cheers, Arnie. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com, HansHideout.Blogspot.com, and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2011, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. You had that issue. <coughs> I don't mute myself. I thought Marjorie and, was pointing at herself oh. saying, I want to talk. And she was pointing at herself saying, I want to cough. Every week when I have to cough, I point at my throat. Okay, I but this time's a little different because okay. we're doing a round table. So I was muting herself and then she pointed at herself. So I unmuted so she could talk and then it was a cough. So my apologies. We'll work out our hand signals while you talk. <laughs> Like Steve said, though, fool me once, fool me twice. Was that Steve or Jerry? I was actually Barrett. Barrett. The knee. It was me.